0: Surprising fact, many people don't have a will. Do you really need one? Find out on the next On Air with Myrick O'Connell right now. Hello and welcome to On Air with Myrick O'Connell. I'm Howard Kaplan. Did you know that many people don't have a will? Does it make more sense to have a will or a trust? How do you decide? These are all questions Myrick O'Connell, Elder Law Attorney Arthur Bergeron is here to discuss with us. Arthur, welcome.
1: Howard, it's always wonderful to be back.
0: The first question I have, Arthur, is what are the differences between a will and a trust?
1: While both of these devices, a will and a trust, can be used to to make sure that things that you own at the moment of you, your death go to the right place, um, the, the will uh, only applies to assets that go through the so-called probate process. So if you die owning something just in your name, then it's going to go through this process called probate so that the probate court can figure out, um, and it's a court process, so the court can figure out who gets the assets. But that process is, always takes at least a year, and it's cumbersome. Um, and so a lot of folks, if they don't want to go through that process, will instead uh, own their properties in trust, probably naming themselves as the trustees of the trust, saying that when they die, a new trustee steps in, typically one of their relatives or the same person that would have been the person who was the personal representative or the executor under the will. And if they structure things that way, then any assets that they own and trust at the time of their death do not go through the estate. They would, they would be subject to the rules in the trust instead of the rules in the will, but they can be distributed as a result, like, right away. So the trust is really designed to keep property from from having to go through the probate process.
0: So given what you just mentioned, Arthur, does everyone need a will?
1: So the only time you need a will is if you you know that your assets are going to go through the probate process, something's going to go through probate, whether it's your house or bank accounts or whatever, and you want to be able to specify where those assets are going in a way that is different from what would happen even if you had no will. And so I'll give you the classic example. So the the rules regarding what happens if you have no will, which are typically referred to as the rules of intestacy, say that if you die with a spouse and kids, that your spouse gets everything. Right. If you die and your spouse has died, your kids get everything, and they just divide it up. Right. And so as long as that's the plan that you want, and as long as you don't have any trouble with the fact that the assets are going to have to go through this probate process before they get to the, your husband or to, the, or to your wife and to the kids, then you really don't need a will, right? The, the will is only there if you need to change those rules, right? Interesting. And if you're resigned to the fact that your assets are going to have to go through this probate process, which always takes at least a year in Massachusetts before anybody can get paid Uh, from your assets. Creditors have to get paid, and creditors have one year from the date of your death to file a claim against the probate assets.
0: Now, Arthur, what are some of the key considerations? I think you've, you've named them already, but what are some of the key considerations to help someone decide whether a will or a trust makes the most sense?
1: Well, I think what you're really evaluating is you're saying to yourself, is it worth the extra cost of doing a trust, and if you have real estate, probably doing a deed, deeding your property into the trust, and doing some other things, to you, is that cost worth it in terms of the, the time, uh, the extra time, and the extra expense that your family will have to spend after you die? A, a trust, having a, something in trust isn't going to save you any money. It's going to cost you extra money. Trust typically costs probably about twice as much as wills cost. But what you're saying is, by doing that, you're saving these other people time and effort, time and effort, and reducing the costs on the other side. So I think that's really the kind of the—that's the way people have to weigh it out. Hmm.
0: A lot to think about. Now, from what you've just outlined, it seems there are a lot of different scenarios, and and we've— only have been talking with each other for about maybe five minutes, so there's there's a lot to think about here. Things that can go wrong, things to consider. So if I'm not mistaken, Arthur, really at the end of the day, this is all about avoiding probate. Is that right?
1: Yes. If, if, in terms of that contrast, it's about avoiding probate. And, and just let me mention one other kind of piece as, as far as that is concerned. You also especially want to avoid probate if you think there's going to be fighting. Uh, if you think okay. there's going to be fighting among the kids or there are no kids and there are nieces and nephews, if there's going to be some dysfunction because in the probate process, typically your kids or the people who would have received things in the absence of a will will have the right to fight about things in the probate process. They may not be able to change what you've what you have proposed through your will, but they can certainly slow things down. So if you think that there may be fighting, then you want to do whatever you can to avoid probate. Similarly, as I had mentioned, the thing about assets that go through probate is they're first subject to the claims of creditors. So if you have creditors, and I'm thinking especially when when I'm dealing with seniors about seniors who have co-signed for somebody's student loan, whether it was their child's student loan or their grandchild's student loan, and somebody didn't pay, and now these seniors are just saddled with this debt. If you die and your assets go through probate, those student loans are going to get paid out of those probate assets. So, you, in that case, probably want to try to structure things so as to avoid the probate process.
0: Hmm. So, Arthur, whether one has a will or a trust, what are some of the considerations just generally?
1: So, as I, as I had mentioned, if you have a very straightforward estate planning situation where you die and you think everything simply wants to go, you want it to go to your spouse, or you die and you simply want everything to go to your kids, and all of your kids are all fine then either the will or the trust mechanism will work. The trust will be less expensive after you die, the will will be less expensive to do now. In either of those cases though, you wanna be looking at each child to see whether there are any special considerations that you need to provide for either through the will or for the trust. Um, In the the three that I often give, if you've got a child you think maybe maybe has a, a marriage problem, if you think that there may be a divorce at some point in the future, You may be trying to structure things so that your child will not get assets directly because if they do and then there is a divorce, those assets may get considered if there's going to be a divorce settlement. Secondly, if your child has a disability, and if your child therefore is either now on a government program that has an asset test like SSI or Section 8 benefits or MassHealth, then you may want to structure things to make sure that these assets that you're giving them don't uh, inadvertently cause them to no longer be able to get those benefits because now, they're gonna have, now they are going have too much in assets. So you really wanna, you need to deal with that. Um, and then the third is oftentimes my clients or seniors are thinking about how to provide for the educations of their grandchildren. And so you wanna be careful about figuring that out in terms of figuring out whether you wanna put money aside directly for the grandchildren, who'd be the trustee of the trust for the benefit of those grandchildren, how all of that was going to work, because otherwise, as I often mention to people, you know, you, you, you may think that you're giving money to your grandchild, but you're really giving it to Harvard, because they're <laughs> they're reducing the grandchild's student loan by the amount of the money that you gave them. Right. So you you want to be trying to figure all that stuff out. Right. Absolutely.
0: So all this is very helpful, Arthur. Uh, one quick question I have is: Can you talk a little bit more about the educational issues?
1: Sure. So once again, there are there are a lot of grandparents who really want to help their grandchildren and they want to deal with educational issues. And certainly, to the extent they can, they want to keep their taxes low by doing it if they want to be able to save on taxes. And so, as I had mentioned, one of the issues when you're leaving money to your grandchildren, even if you're leaving it in trust to your grandchildren, is that the colleges to which they apply may take that into account in figuring out how much financial aid they're entitled to. And so you just, you really need to be aware of that. And you need to be aware of that, you know, regarding so-called 529 plans, regarding the the federally authorized plans through which you can put money in and the interest on the money, uh, you do not get taxed on it unless you withdraw it yourself. And then eventually, if the money goes to an educational institution, then the money never gets taxed. And that's very attractive. Uh, And it may be the right thing for you to do, but you want to be aware when you're doing that, that once again, those 529 funds, like other funds that may be in trust for that grandchild, may very well end up getting subtracted from the amount that the child, for which the child would otherwise be eligible through student loans. So you really want to think that out if you're talking, or if your children are talking to advisors regarding their high school kids who are going to be heading into college, you may want to try to talk that through. And so that you can really weigh it out.
0: All very important factors to think about when you're deciding a will or a trust. How do you decide? And that's what we've been talking about with Elder Law Attorney Arthur Bergeron from Myrick O'Connell. Arthur, this is all very helpful information. And I wanted to know if folks have questions about this or other areas that you practice in. How can they contact you?
1: So you can always reach me. Uh, My direct line is 508-860-1470. Howard, I love giving advice. This is my favorite thing. This is why I love doing these shows. Uh, you can also email me, and the email address is a Bergeron, a b e r g e r o n, at myrickoconnell.com. M i r i c k, o c o n n e l l dot com.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much, Arthur Bergeron, from Myrick O'Connell. I'm Howard Kaplan. Take care and stay safe. This podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Myrick O'Connell. It is intended to inform you of developments in the law and to provide information of general interest. It is not intended to constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. This podcast may be considered advertising under the rules of the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court.